Hi, Michael. Welcome back. The last time you were at the episode 55 and we talk about uh, Olingo and OData, right? Yeah, right. It's, I checked it also. It's one year ago, more or less. So I guess what one year and one month ago. Yeah, sometime in September. Yeah, and, and yeah. end of September. Incredible. Yeah. And I thought it's a, a few a few months ago, but one year. Time flies. Yeah, exactly. And especially in this time. So it's, yeah. And also for me in the, uh, I guess when we talked the last time, um, just let me think. The project I'm currently working on has not yet really started one year ago. Mm -hmm. And it's also a bit, um, as, as mentioned, uh, which currently drives me and interests me, um, how companies or development teams handle open source. Mm -hmm. So especially, so what we, I can explain a bit what we are currently doing um, in the team I am, we just started uh, one year ago to uh, invest and evaluate the service uh, where we get better um, ratings for open source components. So especially with the focus on uh, security and how we can handle uh, open source usage within the development teams better so that each team has less effort on their side so that we as a central team with a central service can support them to uh, use open source in a safe way and ide ideally also with less effort. Okay. What I did, um, I, I check out the uh, the GitHub uh, project. It's ah, called mm -hmm. uh, Rating for Open Source Project, uh, sponsored yeah. by SAP. And this yeah. is the project you're involved in, right? Exactly. This is uh, the core part of our project, mm -hmm. which we use to calculate the ratings. So currently we focus on the security part, the security ratings. And internally, we have also a service, which is not completely decided when or how it will go open source. So the core library, which can really be used by everybody. And uh, we are really eager also that somebody or more people start using it and give us feedback. Mm -hmm. And um, for these ratings or with this library, we calculate the ratings for open source projects and internally with the service, we provide exactly these ratings to our colleagues. This is what we're currently doing. And also in meetings uh, within our company, uh, it's more often that I get asked or we as team get asked, oh, ah, open source security rating. You mean if the open source component has security vulnerabilities? And we always have to explain, no, that's not only about uh, vulnerabilities because there exists, I would say a lot. Um, security scanners or test tools, which check if a given open source library with a given version has known vulnerabilities. So uh, because at the end you have just to check as example, the NVD or some other uh, vulnerability database, which manage such data. Okay, which, which databases are usually checking for security vulnerabilities? What do we, which databases are? Currently the main which we check is NVD. NVD. Mm -hmm. But for the security or for the uh, known vulnerabilities, we have also other tools. And this was a bit of background of our service because the other tools were already used, mm -hmm. but we found often, perhaps not often, but sometimes that there are open source components, um, which there were no known vulnerability for such a component, but the component was as example, deprecated or out of maintenance mm -hmm. or um, that uh, yeah, the community dissolved, but it was still used. But also in addition that there were vulnerabilities, but they were never reported to the NVD. Mm -hmm. So this means when you search shots in the internet for vulnerability for a library, you sometimes find something, mm -hmm. but there's no entry in the NVD. Mm -hmm. So over the last year, we found, I guess, nearly 10 samples where we then requested the NVD, the uh, uh, related entry, the CVE entry. But also this was yeah, something where we said uh, this should be improved. And what we do with our security rating currently is that we not only consider the known vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. we also check a bit how the projects handle security. 
and in the best way that we the data where we uh, use to calculate under rating um that we can can get this data nearly completely automatically okay um, so what i did just, i checked uh, i was uh, really interested what you are doing and the score part is interesting and mm -hmm. uh so uh you can even tweak it so tune it to to your needs yeah and uh this is your this is force stars rating co rating core yeah. So just a Maven dependency and then uh, hooks to a mm -hmm. project and and creates this core. So uh, your project yeah. is a mix of security, as you said, and a little bit mm -hmm. also maintainability. Uh, yeah. Issue. Yeah. What I found a metric which uh, was really interesting for me was number of commits or something like that. Right. This was yeah, the, exactly what uh, the focus is a bit different in my project. You ask me you now what happens in my world. So uh, what I'm doing, uh, I would say all the time. I wanted to say 80%, but I can remember what I did with a different project. So we usually mm -hmm. use um, uh, Jakarta or MicroProfile. Mm -hmm. And uh, this solves a lot of problem mm -hmm. already. Yeah. Because if you focus just on that, we have a simple rule or solution. Uh, whatever you are adding, uh, you have to justify you know, in an Excel sheet and justify mm -hmm. by saying, what is the added value, business domain mm -hmm. added value for the project? No added value, no dependencies. And with that, you can eliminate already 90% of nice to have, you know, dependencies like SL4J. Uh, recently, I deleted a huge, you know, SL4J and logging almost framework from a project because it was a cloud native Kubernetes uh, application. And in, in this particular case, you don't need any framework at all. You know, in the same project, they use uh, uh, exception and error handling, uh, uh, not li library almost which is entirely not needed because it was a REST resource so you can very easily map it to HTTP status codes. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so therefore, for me, it is really easy because I say, okay, uh, it is very unlikely that you will need something beyond MicroProfile mm -hmm. and, um, and Java SE. And if you really need, then it is obvious, then we have to use it, right? Um, mm -hmm. Let's say there is would be one machine learning library, which is, uh, uh, or let's say, uh, bouncy castle we need a specific mm -hmm. uh, specific encryption so then regardless whether it is secure or not we will have to use mm -hmm. it or, or we stop the project so the, then it's not we, we would properly measure you mm -hmm. know how how dangerous the 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 library is but uh we have no chance we have to accept that that it is needed mm -hmm. and what could happen if such a library is problematic for instance it could also happen that it's unstable so this library is mm -hmm. needed but it could crash frequently or <laughs> at least mm -hmm. once a day then we properly isolate the library in a microservice. We say, okay, then uh, mm -hmm, okay. it is, you know, dangerous in a microservice. The other thing which is really interesting me from your project is the uh, maintainability issue. So this is the big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, what uh, what happens is um, I'm working as consultant, a high tech and so forth, and I'm mm -hmm. asked by large and small companies for advice. And this this ranges from you know how to start a project or how to fix a project. Let's say. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is still in Java very fashionable to add best of breed libraries, whatever the de mm -hmm. developer like, they just add it. And uh, security is more, I would say, political thing, right? Because managers mm -hmm. would like don't like to have the next Equifax, and they try to to you know <laughs> at least introduce uh, scanner tools, and uh, they say, okay, if it breaks, we tr at least try. So this is like cover my ass strategy, right? But yeah. uh, the real issue is forgotten dependencies so uh, this is more common than you think java is an old uh, uh, language 25 years and um, i spend my time from the beginning with java and i frequently see you know clients who used you know a library and they forgot about that 
and the mm. sources just disappeared. And in the oh. last five years, it happens more and more. So, uh, you know, mm. the first time it happened to me, it was about 10 years ago. And back then, Apache Soap 1 disappeared. Mm -hmm. So it was no more available from the Apache side. And we find, found exactly there an, uh, an uh, concurrency issue. So we had you know, to decompile, create the sources, fix it, and recompile it. And uh, right now, the most common question in my project is, what is my opinion about Lombok? I say, <laughs> look, Lombok, right? This is not even a dependency. This is a code generator, actually. So uh, the dependency uh, is uh, orders of magnitude more problematic if you, if you would like to talk about it, if not just use to, uh, Lombok and don't ask me about my opinion, right? So because uh, if you take a look at GitHub, there are actually two guys in an uh, organization called Art Switzerland or something like this. Mm -hmm. And the, my, what interests me, these two guys uh, uh, speak frequently at conferences, you know, together. What happens if mm -hmm. they disappear or lose their interest or whatever? What we will do, right? And uh, the next, and okay, Java developers feel offended. So then I say, okay, if sometimes if I see, okay, this is a little bit problematic to talk about Lombok, then I take another example, Vue.js. Mm -hmm. And the Vue.js is very popular JavaScript framework. Mm -hmm. If you take a look, uh, wait a second, we can do it right now because um, Vue.js GitHub. And this is uh, a really nice library, actually. Um, also optional. Uh, you can still, but uh, so if you, there, if you take a look at the, Vue.js. There are 4,700 4, star, stars mm -hmm. and uh, 3,000 forks and 200 and no, 740 contributors, seven, 731 contributors. So if you take a look at the contributor list, you will find that the, uh, that the uh, main contributor is the, uh, a guy, Ivan Yo, you, and then uh, Chris, Chris Fritz is the next one. For, I think even what I tell you right now is just the page. Wait a second. It's not even the framework. So if you go to the framework, now we are talking. The framework are 175,000 stars and 27K forks. And uh, the contributors are, oh, 380 contributors. And if you take a look at the contributor list, the first guy, the only guy who commits is the Even Yao with 203,000 commits. And the second most popular committer in this project is uh, a person or not called Viewbot with 77 commits. And then all the others, the next one, 47 commits. It means the entire project, 203,000 commits were created by Ivanio, you. Mm -hmm. And it's the contribution stopped actually last year. Mm -hmm. So, and now if I show management, project lead, or whoever this link, the project immediately dies. We don't even have to talk about, you know, security or vulnerability. So uh, before we start a project, my question is, you no, know, how long should it last? Do we build it, you know, for this year or five years or 10 years? And, and what is the team, you know? Are the developers would like to maintain other libraries? Are they just happy, you know, to deliver the software? It's really dependent on the context. And meanwhile, I would say, uh, with developers or teams I'm working with, the developers and teams, they really like boring software. They don't like, you know, to learn any other day, every other day, you know, uh, a new library or framework. They're just happy if it works. And, and this is why security is more like, you know, management focus. And my focus is, okay, if we use something, how many contributors it really, really have, then if it breaks, can we fix it? We, we in our team, if not, 
how many other developers understand the technology. This is this is the risk management from my perspective. Mm -hmm. And some people say, okay, I'm exaggerating, you know, because um, no, I mean, this is uh, one of my jobs, firefighting. This is what I'm doing, and I see it all over the place. If you are not interested in it, different story. We don't have to talk about that. But if you ask me my mm -hmm. opinion, this is my opinion. So what I will what I will do in your uh, uh, force rating tool, not only how many commits, but uh, the the um, how to call it distribution among committers yeah mm -hmm. how That's the committers are spread among committers and i would say a serious project serious dependencies i would expect at least three committers mm -hmm. who contribute frequently i can tell uh, uh, also my story right i, I created an, a javafx uh, library called afterburner and mm -hmm. i still like it but i created it with jdk 8 and now i spend more time on the backend so for me it takes a lot of time you know to think into JavaFX again, because now I'm, I'm not in a JavaFX project and I get lots of questions about the library, whether I could do something about that, mm -hmm. but I have really no time. And I'm actually the only maintainer. So, and, and uh, the afterburner is somehow popular. So I get uh, um, over and over no questions about that. So if you think about this, it's actually high risk for the, for the project we're using my library, because uh, I, not even I know where, where I will find you know, the time to contribute back. And mm -hmm. uh, this is what I'm talking about. So uh, if you, if you, you, your tool, if it would run, you know, against my Afterburner FX library, should say, okay, major problem. The last commit was probably two years ago. Adam yeah. is the only committer. No one under, or no, and he's not willing to accept pull requests, which I also don't because it was a minimalistic library. I don't like to add more features. This was the idea back then, right? So this is what I would do. Just a distribution uh, of mm -hmm. commits across committers in a certain amount of time, like a rolling window. And you can actually mm -hmm. move the window, it'd be cool. You could say, okay, the major contribution happened in you now two years ago by these three contributors. What would be also nice, whether these contributors belong to the same organization. Mm -hmm. Because right. if all the contributors belong to the same organization, it could mean, you know, the company would, have, uh, would like to have a marketing gig or whatever, and they, you know, contributed like crazy, then the budget was over and the project will die. Yeah, this remembers me a bit regarding um, the Apache projects. That they also target when you are going in the um, not staging in the incubation um, that you have three committers or yeah, contributors from three different companies or organizations mm -hmm. because also they want to have this diversity not that say oh there's one company which drives the topic and as soon as the company is not interested anymore the project dies yeah also to have this and that's really so some ideas you had or you just said and we already had also in the past mm -hmm. um also for the contributors and comments, we normally check this the last three months. Mm -hmm. But I like also the idea to see how it was, as example, one year ago. And also perhaps to see if the people which started in the mm -hmm. project are still active in the project. Mm -hmm. Or if perhaps other people uh, take over and so. Because you mentioned that bit security remembers me. I, I, not, I don't have the name of this uh, JavaScript library. Um, but there was also, I guess it was last year or so. Um, where JavaScript library was only also just by one maintainer. And then the maintainer was not interested anymore and uh, give it to another guy. Mm -hmm. And this other guy then already, I guess, with the next commit, introduced some backdoor. Mm -hmm. And nobody uh, heard about this. And so a lot of companies used this library before they realized that there is a problem with the library. And then they had to check which version they are using to have the version without the background. There was a bit of trouble around this. And there's also... Um, why well, I guess it's really important to see that no, not only one person really drives the project, at least from maintainability. But also, this is what I try to say is, um, as mentioned, we have more the security focus, but also we consider the other parts. But when you have a library, which is only uh, 
really done by one person, which is the main contributor, it's far more likely that this person can do something harmful with the project yeah. without that somebody knows it early enough. Also, also interesting because I talked about uh, recently on a conference. Uh, this was uh, March last year. And there is a company, uh, sorry, company, a library called CoreJS. Maybe this is what they're referring to. And uh, the CoreJS is used by lots of JavaScript uh, uh, frameworks. And I found it because I did an audit for a client code review for uh, Frontend. And I found like, you know, a, 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 a please donate, you know, it's like, why donate? And this was like a please donate. I'm, a, I, I, I don't know, uh, support this library. And I take the research and this was by accident. I found articles that uh, the CoreJS library is used by major frameworks like React and Angular and stuff like that. And it was maintained by one guy. And this guy uh, didn't, actually he wanted support, but didn't accept the support, something like this. Uh, there's actually, I would put the, the, the link to the show notes. The mm -hmm. register wrote an article about that. And then he killed on a motorbike someone and now he's in jail. Oh. And now uh, there is no way to pass no, the, uh, the how it called, commit rights from the library mm -hmm. to other person. Uh. So, and GitHub thinks about you know, what to do in such a case. But the problem only arises mm -hmm. because you know, uh, companies use this library just because it was cool without thinking how many contributors it had. And we had it in Java all the time. So this is why we got you know, the JDBC not to be depending on, mm -hmm. one, you know, on one vendor. The vendor independence was, you know, we spoke in Java about 25 years about that. And then a little, it, it was out of fashion because we said, you know, it was like slow moving and bloated and ivory tower, all the APIs, so let's go ahead with best of breed. And now we have the best of breed, you know, every guy can on weekend can, or gal or guy can create a library mm -hmm. and then forget about that. And this is, by the way, I created a library. It was a, it was a library I needed for my project. It just open source that it was, um, it's, it was called Enhydrator. It's still a thing. Um, and what it does is very simple. It, it can convert uh, one format to another with Java 8 functions, basically. So very simple. And I published it on Friday and I got an email on Monday. Uh, this is really great. We use it in hospital. <laughs> and I say, hey, look, uh, this is actually was not meant to know as higher. higher it was just a, no, a, a joy project of me. It's just, uh, and this is what uh, I would never do that, right? So, um, so maybe I should you know, put on my open source project like I had a don't use it or something like yeah. that, right? Because, uh, um, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. And uh, another thing about risk estimation and security. So um, I don't know whether you know Quarkus. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the Quarkus comes, uh, we had a discussion uh, uh, last week, comes with about 300 extensions or more because mm -hmm. it's very popular. Now it's very fashionable, you know, to create Quarkus extensions. And I say, fine, but if you think about that, so the Quarkus extension are created by independent developers. Mm. Uh, how long do you think the extensions will survive? So do you really believe that all the extensions are going to be maintained you know, the, the next five years? Probably not. So um, the question is, which extensions are uh, not that risky? And I would argue extensions which implement an API. And uh, this is, for instance, MicroProfile. So, and, and, and we did the showcase. If you take a look on MicroProfile, the small RI, lots of extensions. I mean, even if the extensions disappear, we could move very easily from Quarkus mm. to Helidom, for instance, right? So um, I would say in the security estimation, it's also interesting whether what you are using implements a API, which is implemented by other providers. This is the risk, mit risk mitigation, yeah, right? Mm. So this was all my, so whatever I did, Back then at conferences, always my thing was, you know, we have Jakarta, Java, MicroProfile, whatever, and we can pick and choose the vendors. And this really paid off in lots of projects because we can freely switch between the servers. 
I remember, you yeah. know, uh, back then there were uh, JBoss 5, I think, was not that great. So we moved some projects to Payara or Glassfish. Worked perfectly. So, um, and, and, and this is um, harder, I would say, because what you will have to do is in Java, for instance, see whether uh, in your dependency there's a reference to known API. Mm -hmm. This would be a set of microprofile. This would be a Jakarta, of course, JDBC. This comes already with Java. And what's, of course, hard is whether, you know, the, uh, the APIs are actually exposed to the user, but at least whether they, they are references at all. Because if an external library just, you know, uh, exposes their own interfaces, this is always problematic. Because even if you find security problem inside the library, you cannot just fix by replacing the library. So you are completely depending yeah. on the library, right? Yeah, that's exactly so. One of the reasons why I several years ago preferred JE or now Jakarta E over uh, Spring Boot or Spring Frameworks because there you have the standardized APIs and you know, okay, this is my, I don't know, reference implementation or this other implementation. And when I have problems with one, it's far easier to switch to another one. And this is what we currently have a bit sometimes not a problem, but it's getting harder. We have also a lot of uh, Spring Boot based applications. And then also with when we do our security or our foster security rating checks. And then Jackson was such a formula library, Jackson data bind, which is very often mentioned regarding security problems. And then also we said, oh, the, the rating is not that good because they have uh, often the security problems and it would be better to use an alternative. But then the developer came to us and said, yeah, it's not possible. We cannot change this checksum because it's that deeply in or that deeply used by several other libraries within the Spring Boot uh, environment, and you cannot just change it. And so this was also more or less a learning for us. Um, that's really hard if you say, oh, better don't use this library, use an alternative, because you cannot just switch. Yeah. You have always to change your own coding when you are not have a standardized API. And especially with this, uh, transitive and indirect dependencies, which is getting more complex because you say, oh, it's on the third level of a library, which is a bad rating. And uh, you can just not change it because it's used by other uh, dependency you have. But for us, the, the idea was also with our rating and that we provide this uh, SAP internal um, to have at least that the colleagues have the awareness. Because yeah. sometimes, especially what I learned in the, so I'm not that JavaScript guy, uh, but I learned a bit that especially in JavaScript, somebody uses a direct dependency, which brings immediately 10 or 20 other dependencies. Mm -hmm. For and instance, really uh, recently, hard. what I what I uh, did at a conference, actually, so I, I created from scratch a JavaScript application without a framework. And mm -hmm. what you can, and this is actually now the recent trend, I would say, with web components. Mm -hmm. And then just I pulled, you know, SAP UI5 web component, mm -hmm and a Vardin web component. And this was JCon conference. I think if they publish, I will send you the link. And uh, mm -hmm. they were on one, on one page. So, and with that, uh, what, what, what I showed actually is that if, uh, let's say, SAP UI5 component breaks or Vardin breaks, this was date picker, we can pick another component. Mm -hmm. I'm not dependent on an infrastructural mm -hmm. framework. I can just pick and choose whatever I like or whatever you know is maintained these days. And in JavaScript, so uh, just uh, quickly, so I use uh, lit also minimalistic, lit HTML is a small library. And what I really do is I do npm install and take a look, you know, how, and then transpile it to ESM module and would like to see how large the file is. Mm -hmm. And this lit HTML is 1,400 lines of code roughly uh, with JavaScript doc, the JS doc. 
then we pick sometimes Redux in more complex applications. And this is basically it. So, and I say, look, if this breaks, I think we will manage to maintain this by ourselves. So we Java developers are able to understand 1,400 lines of JavaScript code uh, to fix no minor changes and even maintain it. And uh, yeah, it is well received. Regarding Jackson, mm -hmm. uh, in uh, my micro profile in Java E world, you have the same problem. So uh, Quarkus getting mm -hmm. extremely popular and Quarkus comes with both. It's developer choice to pick Jackson or JSON B. And sometimes for no reason, just pick Jackson and I say, okay, this is for me a defect because now we are depending directly on the implementation. But if you will pick JSON B, then we can talk, right? Because uh, okay. if 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 this doesn't work, we can you know uh, adjust the uh, we can fix the uh, the extension by provide different implementation. And uh, in my code drivers in traditional Jakarta applications, this is also basic rule. On for instance, it was very popular. I don't know why on Payara projects, just to use direct jersey dependencies. Instead of using the uh, JAXRS, the developers knew there's a cool class and they used this org last mm -hmm. jersey. The problem you get there is if we upgrade the runtime, it can break. Because what Payara could do, they can switch to another provider or newer version of jersey and your code won't run anymore. Mm -hmm. so, oh, so what I did is I just you know, searched for imports with org jersey or whatever I knew. Mm -hmm. And if I found them, this was a no-go, right? So very similar experience to yours from, from projects mm -hmm. or at the same JPA. So in JPA project for me is no-go when the projects have direct dependencies to Hibernate or Eclipse Link, because mm -hmm. then it's pointless. We are depending now on API and the implementation and, and the trade-off would be, you know, then go straight Hibernate, forget about JPA, or if you're using JPA, Hibernate is completely hidden. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, I only have a recent uh, uh, um, experience with Spring Boot. I already uh, ex um, talked about this several times. And this was an interesting part because the clients asked me for a code review and they uh, thought this is Java E project, but it was Spring Boot. And um, I already signed the contract. So, okay, then I will do it. And the code was clean and looked nice. As I was actually happy. And the developers in the project told me they have to migrate anyway. I said, okay, why? And it turned out they used Spring Boot 1.4, I think 1.4.2 or something. And to, uh, they found security vulnerability somewhere. And this was like, you know, uh, this was known vulner vulnerability. So if you go to the Spring Boot page, it was listed. So it's not like we scanned, it was known. And yeah. management didn't like that. So, and they say in order to migrate to the, uh, or, or, you know, to, to, uh, to get rid of the, 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 the problem, they have to migrate, I think, to Spring Boot 2. And mm -hmm. this was not directly possible. So they had to yeah. migrate from 1.4 to 5, and then from 5 to 2. I said, okay, what's the problem? The migrate's like, yeah, the problem is there is no API. So because uh, from 1.4 to 2, all the frameworks also changed. So this affects actually their code. And I never, yeah. I, I never saw this in this way because it was never a problem in my world. As long as you're working, we never had a problem with server upgrades. It just happened behind the scenes, you know? And if it didn't work, then we went to the team and said, like, hey, look, it didn't work because now you have one jersey dependency or whatever, right? Mm. And this was... Early days, I remember web logic projects at the beginning. There was one project who used a proprietary web logic functionality, which disappeared in the next version. And, and the, the, pro, the application stopped working. And we asked, you know, BA back then, this was not Oracle before Oracle. So what's the deal? It's like, hey, look, this was our, you know, private implementation. And you use that and now it's gone. And uh, we can, yeah, we can do nothing about that. So, okay, now we only will use API. So this is... Uh, just... 
reminds me, uh, was just guess, uh, one month ago where I get a mail or a question regarding Olingo again, mm -hmm. because also for Olingo, we decided we have a clear API mm -hmm. uh, project mm -hmm. and the API char where we said for this char, for this API, uh, we promise it will be always backward compatible. Mm -hmm. And then we have the implementation and we say, don't use anything from the implementation library. Mm -hmm. And then the colleagues did exactly this. They used parts of the implementation. I don't know why. And then we found some uh, more or less not bugs, but uh, there were some uh, constants which were public, which was not required. We changed it to private. And then the colleagues complained to us, oh, their build is breaking. Mm -hmm. I said, well, how can this possibly be? We have not changed something in the API. And they said, I see here this uh, constant is now private and not public anymore. We said, you should not use this. Mm -hmm. It's not intended to be used. Mm -hmm. And we had a really big uh, uh, note at the beginning. So please don't uh, use anything from the implementation package or implementation library because this may be at any time changed because this is our implementation. We only promise the API. Mm -hmm. And it's really, a, at least for me, a good approach if you try to, or if you provide a library, which should be as, as long as possible stable and maintainable. Mm -hmm. Also, um, the security. So um, as you probably know this, do you have experience with Quarkus? Uh, not much. I just had a small playground project. Okay, okay, that you know uh, how it operates. Okay, exactly. Yeah. So uh, as Quarkus comes with lots of uh, updates. So I think mm -hmm. once a month almost, we get a new minor version. Not a big deal. Usually it downloads all the dependencies, it still works. So it was so far for me, there were no breaking changes. Some one in one time the POM XML changed, but the API mm -hmm. remained stable. But Quarkus works with MicroProfile. And the MicroProfile has also four releases a year. So the API actually mm -hmm. has breaking changes. And we have discussion about that. This is also interesting for you mm -hmm. probably. And um if you take a look at MicroProfile, is uh the MicroProfile um Everyone likes uh, MicroProfile, but you know, the dirty fact is that uh, I would say probably 80% of MicroProfile is actually Jakarta E. If, if you would mm. uh, take a look at the functionality, because you know, CDI is huge, JaxOS is huge, JSONB mm. and JSONP are huge. So this is the major functionality. And the APIs with added value, the really nice APIs are smaller, right? And they tend to change. So it means mm -hmm. if, the, if there is a new release of MicroProfile, uh, at I don't remember whether any time, you know, the uh, CDI was changed. No, it cannot be because mm -hmm. it's from Jakarta. So the dependency injection model is always the same. The JSONP, JSONB is always the same. So this base stuff uh, is, is always the same. And what they change is, for instance, a metrics. They have, mm -hmm. you know, to change the metrics because the Cloud Native Foundation also changed the spec. And uh, now it can happen again because they think about merging the metrics. So, but if you take a look at the code, the metrics are optional functionality, which right mm -hmm. now is delivered with annotations. And what happened is, you know, the attributes inside the annotation changed, for instance. Or health mm -hmm. checks. At the beginning, they are just health, and now they have liveness and readiness, health checks. But um, now to know, to uh, to see, to evaluate how risky this is, what interests me, you know, how many health checks an average project really has. I would say mm -hmm. um, usually one, which is not a good mm -hmm. thing, and if they are good, they are probably 10. It means if health checks introduces backward incompatible changes, I will have mm. to change two annotations in 10 places, right? So if mm. uh, if metrics changes, how many metrics such a project has, as I mean, in average, the metrics are really bad. So what the developers are doing, just putting, you know, one metered annotation on the class and, and they are happy and they mm. think they are cloud native now. So this is easy to fix. 
if you have more evolved metrics like you know gauges and counters mm. uh, but you not I, I think i took a look on my project a project i saw you have at most i would say 20 to 50 i mean i never saw 50 but i can imagine there will be 50 you know custom counters business counters per microservice so then i will have to search and replace the counters what, what, what i'm what, I, what i'm talking about is this this risk is low because mm -hmm. the uh, the uh, the uh, APIs are added values or ap open API. Usually, you have no annotations at all, so you get you know the Swagger endpoint. And if you would like to customize that, then you add the annotations. The same is mm -hmm. true for uh, fault tolerance. Usually, fault tolerance completely optional. If you would like to have retry, so you put the retry. So it means I don't care. Even if MicroProfile would introduce breaking changes, it would be not a big deal. We could fix it easily. Mm -hmm. But if Jakarta introduced breaking changes, something different, I would say, imagine, you know, semantic of JPA would change, transactions, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a big deal. Or CDI, we say, it injects now, works differently, you know. This is a big deal. But uh, mm -hmm. this is, should be also taken into account um, how a library is used. used. And I would say mm -hmm. on the, the library with the most added value is open tracing. But if mm -hmm. you look at the library, it actually is one annotation, traced. You know, mm -hmm. if you put traced, it will report to Yiga right. all the services and you get, you know, the span. So the added value is, is huge, but, you know, the surface area is small. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's interesting, the surface area. Library is fine, but if you use the library, how depending are you actually on the thing? To be honest, uh, I like regarding versions and breaking changes, uh, this approach with the semantic versioning yeah. to really make clear, okay, when we have some breaking change, we increase the major version, even if it's then after, I don't know, one or two years when I have a lot of breaking changes, I end up at version seven already, but at least I like it because it's then clear, oh, there's a major version change. I can expect that a breaking change, which may hit me because what we also in our team provide, um, uh, guidance and support for colleagues when there's a library which has a known vulnerability and then they have to upgrade and sometimes it's really um just i don't know you use version 2.1.4 and the fix is in 2.1.5 so you can really expect just upgrade normally nothing happens everything works out but other libraries handle the versioning differently and don't rely on oh when we just change the micro version we make sure that there's no breaking so that everything is backward compatible. And then we get sometimes in trouble because we have then to uh, find out that there's a change in. And also we had libraries when we checked it, um, just a sample. Oh, you have version 6.01. Is that a vulnerability? It's fixed in 13.1. And so, okay, from 6 to 13. So we expect really major changes. Then we had a look into release notes and the change log of the library, but they just increased every time the version, so the major version, even with, if there are no breaking changes. And though we checked it and tested it and said, okay, we can um, say the colleagues, it's uh, safe to upgrade also to from 6 to 13. It's not a problem. And sometimes I really wish this that uh, the project maintainers would really use and use it in the right way, the semantic version. Yeah. But also regarding security, because when we talked about... Uh, how open source is used and how it is maintained over the time uh, because what we are also um, discussing by us internally not only what we have to or what we can do before open source is used so just uh, at the beginning you said oh in your projects you mostly have some sheet where you check oh what's the benefit what's the added value of the library then there is the decision for us it's also the internal guideline um, for each development team before a library is added it should be checked if it's more or less safe or it's 
okay to use it. Mm -hmm. We are very um, liberal or get the developers a lot of freedom. What it means, it is safe to use or it can be used, but at least it should not be, oh, I found this in a blog and I copy pasted it in my code. But this always happens. Block in yeah, Java, I exactly. I mean, this block in Java magazine-driven development in Germany or in Europe. This yeah. is what happens, and 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 yeah. and you can do whatever. And uh, I, no kidding, I had discussions from where. Why you use the library? Yeah, because it was in Java magazine. Yeah, we have to talk with Sebastian yeah. May and say, hey, stop writing. You know okay. about dependencies. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what we also see that uh, developers uh, just use it. And this is also one of the reasons why we said, okay, um, we cannot get every of them. We have several thousands of developers. We cannot check everybody, surely. And also we want to give the colleagues the freedom to use what they want. And this was also one of the things where we said, okay, we have to check that we have uh, tools or services which uh, check what is used. And this was also one of the reasons for our uh, Foscas rating to provide the colleagues there some guidance and help. To say, oh, if they have added something, then they get a report with the next build, as example, or we are currently also working on a GitHub integration, so that if somebody at a library, he immediately get like, how is named the Sonar Cube, that you get a comment on the pull request, as example, or an issue in your project, or you have just added a library with a bad rating, please check if you really want to use this, so before it goes to production. But um, what I try to come to is also a bit uh, regarding if somebody at the library, some years ago, and this library is never updated. You just also had this sample from Spring Boot because also we had this sometimes people started with the Spring Boot project 1.5 and then there came Spring Boot 2, which was not completely backward compatible. And it take, I don't know, I, I, I know I was in a team, we had not a big application, but it take us, I guess, more than one week or around one week uh, to do the migration from 1.5 to do uh, okay. What well, interests me, and what you had to do then? I cannot remember. Why is there a problem with Spring Boot? I, I, there was, I, this was really, I guess, just uh, at least what I learned. Between 1.5 and 2.0, there were some libraries changed. And also they changed or deprecated some methods okay. or removed some methods and added something new. And also there was, I guess, a bit behavioral change regarding But which method? I mean, wh why it spent one week? So, I mean, what are they methods? Or give me an example. Do you know something? So just because... Uh, because in this project was even worse. They had to migrate to 1.5 first and then from 1.5 to 2. So it, it, they couldn't migrate just to, to 0. This was uh, exactly. So w what is the problem, actually? When I, I hope I remember correctly yeah. because it was, I guess, three years ago or so. Um, but one part was related to a database connectivity and handling okay. of, I guess, it was transactions where we had, uh, after the update, a bit strange behavior. Mm -hmm. And we checked it, and the other was related to security, where they, I guess, uh, replaced one of the libraries, okay, and where we had to change some annotations. And this, for us, it's then always to check: okay, we just update, or oh, it does not compile. We check what has to be changed from so, the compile side. So it didn't side. compile, or the or the behave strange. It did not come. It so some parts didn't compile okay. because they have renamed or removed methods which okay. we use, and then we had also our regression test. So during this time, I was really happy that we had a lot of tests and integration and system tests, and then we changed it. Oh, take a while, then it compiles. We change everything. We deployed it for our integration tests, and then I guess it was already that some unit tests failed. Okay. And then we checked, okay, why the unit tests are failing. Then we invest uh, investigated and analyzed, and then it I guess nearly took one week. Till we finally solved everything and found each problem. How many developers were involved? 
in this week? Uh, sorry. How many developers? How many? Oh, it was uh, only one developer. Okay, I guess this, it was this, mainly this. one colleague which drive it. And then we had also the meetings where we presented through the team that also the others see what has changed and to know in case somebody else then uh, work again on this application. Was it a public API or was it an internal implementation? No, it was as far as I remember public API. It was really something which you directly can use from the Spring Boot APIs. Okay. So, um, or just being framework, it's always uh, hard and not hard. Uh, I learned in the last year that we have really uh, hard to differentiate a bit between Spring Boot and Spring Boot dependency management and the Spring framework, because some some colleagues often uh, uh, get confused because they say, oh, there's Spring Boot two dot something, but there's also Spring Framework five. Uh, how this fit together? And we have always to explain that it's a bit different, so that one uses the other and so on. Yeah, um, but the point. Um, what we from security yeah. wait, wait a second Rick, uh, because i got uh, an idea from uh with the dependencies what i already thought is so management or project uh, owners or whoever has the, you know the the money or the sponsor of the project mm -hmm. they think open source is free which isn't yeah yeah <laughs> and what i will do in your case with the forces just you know to add artificial costs maintaining costs mm -hmm. to every dependency because what I think is mm -hmm. every dependency requires me at least once a sprint or whatever I call it, once once a release to go mm -hmm. over the dependency. And what I do, I try to upgrade all the dependencies. Yeah, that's if I touch the code and I before my tests, I always upgrade you know, all the dependencies. And mm -hmm. I'm lazy, therefore I try to avoid dependencies. So <laughs> that is my thinking. <laughs> yeah. But um you could actually quantify that. What does this mm -hmm. mean in, on average? Because if you wait too long, then you know the week happens. And uh, so it means open source is not free. This is the cost of open source. So every external dependency has to be maintained up to date. And if you do it this way, it will reduce naturally the total amount of dependencies. Because yeah. uh, I don't know whether you're working with external companies. Sometimes I'm working for clients who, who are contract with external uh, companies. And they always introduce their you know, homegrown set of dependencies. Regardless mm -hmm. whether we are using them or not, they, we always get, you know, the entire Jakarta commons, uh, sorry, Jakarta Apache commons and mm -hmm. whatever, Lombok's and whatever they, it was uh, in fashionable these days and they maintain it, right? Yeah, but I like this idea, perhaps I should <laughs> propose it to my colleagues um, because we have also uh, SAP internal since I guess more than one year now, the uh, open source program office, which try to um, have the overview in the whole company what we uh, drive regarding open source and also the tooling around this, mm -hmm. where we can add something like this. Because I like also your approach uh, that you update the libraries whenever you touch the application or the project, because what we also could um, be discussing a bit internally regarding guidelines that at least once a year open source uh, dependency has to be updated. Because this is exactly the problem a bit with the Spring Boot sum, which I had in the big uh, just before. Um, if you have a library which is old, because uh, oh, I don't, uh, I, I found an interesting blog post or some solution for my problem on Stack Overflow and a magazine or wherever, I copy paste it and I copy paste the library in version 1.74. But already during this time when I copy paste it, 1.9 is already out as as example. And then and don't update it because I just used it, copied it. The time flies, and then suddenly there's a security problem in 1.11, which is fixed with 1.11.1. But between my version use, 1.7 something, and 1.11, there may be really changes, which yeah. may harm me. And as uh, as older my library is, or the library version, the more 
or the highest risk that I get problems updating it. Mm -hmm. And that's really where we encourage the colleagues update as often as possible. And not only when you have a problem. Mm -hmm. And this is what we also currently uh, discussing internally, uh, how we can do this or how we can uh, not only give the guidance. Why once a year, if you think about this, the library is an extension of your code, if you think about this. Yeah. So actually, there is no difference between the, your source code and the library. As if you, if you mm -hmm. add the library to your palm, this is your stuff. This is the, your decision. You take ownership of yeah. this external thing. So, mm -hmm. and uh, if, let's say, if you would see the source code of the external thing, you will probably have to fix it. No, just yeah. because you don't see the code, uh, I will just, you know, always upgrade the library to mitigate the risk. And just to uh, talk about uh, JavaScript a little bit, you also mentioned Angular. Known thing mm -hmm. is, this is a blog post, Angular has two semantic ver major releases a year, mm -hmm. which means they can introduce two breaking changes a year. Mm -hmm. um, uh, mm -hmm. With that alone, I'm able to kill Angular. None of the management people know that. If I mention this, impossible. Then I send them, you know, mm -hmm. the blog post from Angular. I say, okay, then we don't, we cannot use it. And the problem with, uh, uh, with uh, let's say, Angular, because uh, we have it right now, it is also a misunderstanding. Say, so, yeah, but what can happen? If it's in production, you know, do you really think that uh, there will be some uh, security issues? I say, what could happen is that, uh, uh, let's say, some hacker really found security issue, which is not relevant. But because of mm -hmm. political stuff, we will have to upgrade Angular, right? Now, if you wait too long, your build won't run. The problem yeah. is not the code in browser. The, the problem is your developer machine. So try to, to make run two years old Angular project. You will spend, I, I don't know how long, but maybe even one week. I don't, I mean, mm -hmm. probably two days, right? Because on your machine, you have probably 30,000 JavaScript files, no exaggerating, I measured that. And they all have to play well together with the mm -hmm. recent NPM version, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, what we also had on the, uh, even in the workshops, uh, I delivered some courses with Angular, then I just stopped because this is not responsible. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what happened was on, on the, at, the, at the workshops is, some attendee told me, could you show us you know, the command line uh, generator from, from Angular? And I did it. And what it generated, and then and, and that night an update happened, and what the generator generated was not compatible with the Angular runtime. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, I think there were 20 AirHacks attendees at the airport, 20 people, we searched for two hours the problem. And one guy from Finland mm -hmm. found that because he already had a similar experience. But uh, this is what I say, okay, this is, um, mm -hmm. you have to know it and you have to mention this, you know. And um, so what it actually means for us, for Java developers is I would add costs to the library and I would try, mm -hmm. you know, to upgrade on every change or not change. Uh, what usually happens in my world, so um, I do some commits, then unit tests are running, and then we are pushing it somewhere. There is a CI, it mm -hmm. runs and uh, provides, uh, so, and talking about microservices, Java, right, backend. Mm -hmm. Then the black box and system tests are running. If they are successful, we know the quality is rich, and then we can push it to integration environment. So before mm -hmm. the push to integration environment, um, this is the, the, the last moment where you will have to upgrade all the libraries and rerun mm -hmm. your projects again. So you see, you know, uh, the results, the old results with the new libraries mm -hmm. and then push it. This would be my requirement. Now, mm -hmm. if you have a library for one year and there was no uh, uh, version change, this is, uh, this is suspicious. I would say, you know, yeah, exactly. if th this is what I, what I, we have actually two indicators. One, we always upgrading the libraries, but when for one year there was no upgrade, it means the library is proper legacy stuff or no more maintained, or 
if it's still viable, maybe this is, you know, like bouncy castle mm -hmm. or like it's just done. This could be, but it should mm -hmm. be a statement from the project. We are using this library and there were no more updates because, and if there is no because, I would delete the library. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, but also for us, it's sometimes it is way harder to bring in such standards and such guidance because then all of the developers should follow it. And uh, you can imagine in a bigger com at least in our company, a lot of discussions around this because they are, oh, we, we have not the freedom anymore for all developers. They have to take care about this. What's for yeah, the old projects? Really a lot of uh, just about the process, not the discussion, make it sense or not. It's more about, oh, can we really do it or not? Even if it makes sense, it's sometimes a bit uh, annoying, I would say. But yeah, still, but, but, but really imagine, you know, the all the developers' discussion, they are just funny. And only we can do this. Imagine we had such yeah. a discussion, you know, in a butcher uh, uh, shop or carpenter or, or garage. Mm -hmm. You know, when the butcher say, why I have, you know, use, you know, a knife to, to cut my sausages, a chainsaw, yeah. or would be a more, <laughs> far more fun, you know, because uh, then it's more power and I could be playful. This is really boring with my old knife, you know, to, to cut the sausages or in the garage yeah. that they will just, you know, know uh, some uh, f funky, you know, tools just to, to have more fun. I would say um, what, what, what happens over time, we have to, you know, to add value to our clients. And yeah. our job is to write boring software. And, uh, and what I do personally, I try to delete as much stuff as only possible in my commercial work. And in my hobby time, I have fun. So I'm uh, ah, so yeah. what I do on weekends and vacations, I create crazy stuff or mix of all the technologies just for fun. And what you can do in uh, the solution would be in larger companies do the same. Actually, Google started with that, right? So you can say you can work for four, four, four days a week with a reasonable mm -hmm. stuff. And on Friday, just experiment, you know, use just, you know, mm -hmm. reactive programming for implementation of uh, HTTP, which doesn't make any sense. But if you like, just do it, right? And um, and this is what I will approach because uh, what the developers are saying, this is boring, right? And I give you actually co also completely different stories, a funny one. Um, I was in project, it was at, at least 12 years ago. So, um, and uh, we had a back office application which was written in Swing. And, uh, and back then already Swing had a bad, you know, reputation because it looked, boring and so and and for me it was a good decision because i mean uh, developers knew it and they were very they very quickly mm. developed the back office ap application and it was done and um so and there were the back then there was already agile so we have stand, stand up meetings and all the stuff and the developers were extremely unhappy and they wanted actually to migrate uh, away from swing and they say why and they never told me actually and then one guy uh, we had you know after after the after work meeting and he told me the problem is what we we not even considered by the management because it just works. The others have you know issues, tasks. There is a huge action in the web, and and we are done. No one we just you know not very thankful work what we are doing mm. because there are no bugs, nothing. We just did it, and we are done. And this is boring. And this is we just know there there's nothing else to do. And it was okay. You no, know, just because you know <laughs> you are done. It's not doesn't mean we have to migrate to web, you know, to introduce more bugs. And what happened then is, you know, developers, all the developers who were not that interested in having, you know, uh, sleepless nights, they took over the swing and they were really happy with it and introduced new yeah, functionality. Yeah. And the uh, fresh guys, they just, you know, built some crazy web stuff to have more fun and more management attention or, or whatever attention they wanted mm -hmm. to have. Also interesting, right? 
Back then, I say, yeah. okay, there's also was parallel to my, you know, Java E Jakarta because I, hey, um, forget about Jakarta E. Recently, funny, JMS. They say, okay, why I'm still speaking about the legacy JMS? I said, what do you mean by that? Yeah, everyone else is doing Kafka. It's like, oh, really? But my, I mean, Kafka and JMS are two mm. complete different things, right? It's like, yeah, yeah still, but in my, you don't get any project with JMS and Kafka is hot right now. And uh, what it means is, um, I'm very sure Kafka is going to be completely misused to mm -hmm. replace JMS. And then we get the next you know, task forces because uh, Kafka is exactly not messaging-oriented middleware. It's not about yeah. queues. And uh, this is what happens you know, constantly in, in, in projects. And uh, so I, I would say what we should do is you should you know, print a T-shirt. Boring is good. <laughs> this is the... Yeah. And, and whatever dependencies on freedom you, you, you like, forget about this. We, we work you know, from 8 to 5. After then, we have our freedom in our leisure, so we can do whatever we like. We can experiment software or just go take our walk. And in work, we work, you know, effectively without any experiments. And on Friday, we do crazy experiments. So I would say, you know, mm -hmm. crazy Fridays, no standards, just dependencies. So th there will be a challenge, you know, add as many dependencies as you can to your poem and create something trivial. You know, th this would be a nice challenge, right? Perhaps I can... Uh, propose this for our next hackathon in our team who builds the application with the most dependencies yeah this uh, no no kidding this 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 is actually fun why not we say okay we we restricted you know for the for the real world and uh we have hackathon or, or casual friday whatever you call this this thing and say then the challenge is you no know, you have a hello world http endpoint and create the craziest possible reactive, highly scalable, cloud-native <laughs> machine learning, you know, infrastructure around that. This is what I would do, right? And then go ahead. And then then developers can just play whatever they like. They win the competition. Yeah. And then in project, hopefully, they will delete all the dependencies. Mm. Yeah. Um, just as I have mentioned, Google also. Um, do you know a bit how Google, at least officially, handles uh, the usage of open source? Because there's very often this um, that you read blog articles or something like this uh, that they have this uh, not mono or single repo mm -hmm. where the whole source code of the company is in. Because also when we discuss by us internally, oh how we can do it for us or how we what would be the, the goal where we want to drive our uh, the usage or providing of open source libraries for the internal developers. There were also some discussions, oh, we should just put everything in a single repo and then the people have to use it from the repo and not directly from more or less the internet or maybe central and so on. But I never completely get it how Google uh, does it because I only read one blog article where they mentioned uh, whenever a developer wants to use open source, he has to check if it's already in the repo and if not, he has to put it in the repo and from this point on, he's responsible for this open source library and also to... Uh, down or backport everything or upgrade the exactly. library and maintain it. And then it's a bit And also upgrade like this, right? Because if the yeah, uh, exactly. if they introduce new functionality, he is then in charge of 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 of, of creating tools which uh, upgrade, mm -hmm. you know, the existing code. So he's actually responsible for the migration yeah. from one version to another. Yeah, exactly. And there was a bit this then uh, but that wasn't completely clear because if somebody then uses this as dependency, they have also to build it and I guess provide it in some internal Nexus or central Maven repository and so. Um, but this reminds me a bit, this can be also regarding this boring stuff to say, oh, we have then a set of libraries or open source uh, libraries, which 
this is the boring stuff which we have proven that it's okay to use. Mm -hmm. And there's less likely that there's uh, some completely fancy stuff is coming in or something which is just done by one maintainer or contributor because whoever brings it in is then responsible for it. Yeah. So I would expect that whoever take the decision, I want to have this library in, take this decision far more careful yeah. because I don't want to be responsible for some crappy software at the end. Uh, funny because uh, I think also a long time ago, I um, it was I uh, was hired by SAP to teach mm -hmm. uh, ABAP developers Java. <laughs> and uh, this was a really uh, good experience. I was in Saint Leon Road uh, in these in the mm -hmm. academy there. I spent uh, several weeks, mm -hmm. and uh, we had conversations about uh, reuse. And I uh, so okay in Java we tried wow. to reuse things back then, and the other and the developers say we will never do it. It's like why not? It's like because back then this was back then. They said mm -hmm. if they do do something reusable, they are in charge of this library forever. Yeah. And this is and this is really hard because uh, if this is reused, they often you know they will have to not only maintain their projects, also the other projects. So you already had it back then in ABAP, yeah, but exactly. not in Java. And so you were yeah. actually Google before Google. I think it was around 2000, I would imagine 2003 or something like this. Okay. This was the uh, the time where you know you migrated to Java internally at SAP, mm -hmm. and there were really interesting conversation with ABAP developers. They, they were extremely pragmatic and uh, they were very happy with the ABAP mm -hmm. environment, the IDEs. And I came, you know, from yeah. the Java world, and I had to teach them because it was a um, management decision at SAP back then. Teach them Java, and mm -hmm. not everyone was happy, but they. What they understood is, um, I, I, I do my job. I, I just show them Java, and and I can and, and mm. they like my approach because I thought uh, I explained them, you know, my project experience or for my project how they work, and then we get the conversation. And at the beginning, they were really angry, and then you say, okay, I'm also just a developer, and they are developers, so we had lots of nice discussion during the lunch and so lunch break and stuff like that, right? <laughs> Uh, but um, reminds me a bit. Uh, in my larger projects right now, we have mm -hmm. sim uh, similar, uh, not not as strict as in Google. We say for boring microservices, we are using MicroProfile Jakarta. Mm -hmm. No discussion. I if you would like to do something else, just tell us what's wrong with that. So this is not like you know a requirement. This is a strong suggestion and mm -hmm. uh, a strong opinion, loosely held. So if you would show me that, I don't know, Spring Boot is smaller, faster, whatever, we will switch to Spring Boot. But it wasn't so far. Mm -hmm. So and, and then you say, and if you have specific needs, then try to find something which is popular. Let's say, if we really would yeah. like to have event-driven applications, I would pick right now Kafka before I pick something crazier than Kafka, right? Because mm -hmm. it's more popular. Many companies are using this. And the chances are the lowest that Kafka will tomorrow disappear. This is what I'm talking about. So for boring stuff or, you know, operating system, the same. I would say mm -hmm. no one, if I would run something on the server, I would say Linux is a reasonable decision, right? Mm -hmm. And and no one is excited about Linux anymore. As you remember, 15 years ago, the yeah. Linux certification, everyone were like, I, yeah. I never understood this because I do Linux all the time. And one point of time was very fashionable. And now it's just commodity. It just runs somewhere, right? So, and this is the same. So Java E and MicroProfile is for me are like Linux. We just take it, mm -hmm. we run the workload on it, and everyone is happy. It is proven. We, we know how to monitor that. And it actually, it's already there were, there were enough experiments, you know, in the last 20 years that we know mm -hmm. that it's working. So, and if we need something more specific because we have specific requirements, then we will take a look on something popular 
standard mm -hmm. and I take a look, for instance, First Cloud Native Foundation. Mm -hmm. or, or what what is there? Is there mapping to Java, right? For instance, mm -hmm. uh, recently was the decision open tracing, what to take. So Jäger tracing, Jäger mm -hmm. is an OS, uh, Cloud Native Foundation uh, server. Let's pick that. You know, why I should, uh, this is done. So I don't have, you know, the experiment. Yeah. This is like, you know, back then in Java, we looked at JCP and I think, and it worked well in the last 20 years. Yeah, that's also why, why I like this, uh, if it makes sense, surely, uh, the approach with microservices. Mm -hmm. Because then you can also say, okay, this is our core service, Yeah. perhaps also a bigger microservice, or it depends a bit on the project and application. But then I say, oh, we have the specific use cases. Exactly for this use case, it would be better to implement it, perhaps in Go, because it's, I don't know, far more performant or whatever. And then say, okay, for this encapsulated microservice, I do a bit fancy stuff. And then I can really say, this is then just the small part where yeah. it's required. And not that I say, oh, all services or the whole application now has to use fancy stuff because for this 10% of the application where it is required. Yeah. And this is where I like then to have such approaches to say, okay, just split it as it's required. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you already have a feeling that uh, what you're doing is not exactly right. So um, as yeah. you probably know, uh, my opinion about OSGI. So I talked publicly about oh. that and I got lots of heat of that. So I got, you know, on Twitter, you know, how you are a monolithic guy, whatever, and it just disappeared because the mm. benefits were really hard, you know, to uh, to explain. So I say, why are you doing modu uh, OSGI? Uh, because it's modular. Okay. I mean, this is like, why, why you why you bought a race car? Yeah, because I have to drive. So like, okay, but why race car? You could just pick, you know, whatever car. So this is the same discussion. And, um, yeah. And the OSGI, no one talks about that, right? AOP, exactly. There was AOP alliance. Everything mm -hmm. has to be extracted into aspects for reusability. And now mm -hmm. uh, it was always extracted in Jakarta microprofile. So we had transactioned as, as aspects. So everything was already there. But back mm -hmm. then was okay. But you no, know, the servers are too big. So we do it by ourselves. And it disappeared. No one talks about AOP anymore, right? Or I, 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 yeah. it's, it's, uh, this is what I, what I wanted to say. So if... Uh, Always, you know, try to, try to think about it. What is the added value, what you hear right now? So mm -hmm. what problem does it solve? Problem does it solve? And if there is no problem to solve or it's just funky stuff, it will probably disappear. Yeah, exactly. It's sometimes where also we internally have to remember uh, my colleagues uh, that we should first have a problem which <laughs> yeah. we want to solve yeah. and not start with the solution. And now we have to search a problem for our solution yeah. because we just wanted to drive something crazy. So the last thing I would mention, also funny, because are almost you know, so Halloween funny stories here. Um, oh. Startup started, uh, and they asked me for advice. And uh, there, there were several teams, and one team really wanted to have Scala. Mm -hmm. And I say, yeah, good. I mean, do it. I, I, I am not the owner. If the owner says yes, and you would like to have the Scala, do Scala. I cannot help you, but you can do have Scala, right? So two years later, this was nice. The project lead comes to me, and he asked me, do you remember uh, why we have Scala? Like, Scala? N no. And uh, then I searched for the emails and I found the emails. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I remember because the guys uh, wanted to have Scala. So it turns out the, the guys are no more there. And uh, all the other guys, <laughs> they don't like Scala and they don't understand what's going on there. It's like, um, mm -hmm. should they migrate away from Scala? It's like, if it works, no. But I mean, if you don't like it, what I can tell you, migration is always painful. Why? You, right? Yeah. And they don't have Scala anymore, for instance. And there was no reason to have Scala, except back then Scala was fashionable. Mm. And and uh, languages is my personal opinion is I, I use Java programming language on JVM. Mm. Try to avoid everything else. And because if I really have a specific problem, then the solution is probably not Kotlin. 
rather than Rust mm -hmm. or Go. And in the Kubernetes environment, probably even Rust because even smaller. And if you would like mm -hmm. to have, you know, uh, built CLI applications, probably Go, right? So and this mm -hmm. was always, uh, if I, uh, back then even, right? Uh, there was, the, I don't know if they remember the Ruby on Rails discussion. Yeah, yeah. So I never got it, you know, if you are Java developer and you really like to, to learn something else, forget about JRuby, go to the real Ruby mm -hmm. with Rails. So you learn complete different stack. So not like so half as, you know, JVM language. So this is what I never got. So why I should do this? If I would learn something mm -hmm. new, then I would like to learn something completely new and not, you know, uh, run something on the JVM and 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 complete different is GraalVM because on GraalVM mm -hmm. gives you the oppo uh, opportunity to to run the real thing. This is the crazy stuff, you know, the real Node.js on JVM yeah. and you can communicate with it. So this is actually really interesting, but it's a completely different story. Yeah, it is also something which I have to have a look into the GraalVM on my, I would say, pile of shame. I say, oh, uh, then I have the next week time and next weekend time, I have a look into this topic. Uh, what I but, did actually, maybe it's helpful in, in the micro profile, how it's called, workshop for, I recorded mm -hmm. recently. I used GraalVM, uh, which loaded JavaScript for HTML rendering. Mm, okay. But this is a very simple example because it's like a replacement mm -hmm. of NAS one. So you can take a look on this mm -hmm. and, and this works already. And uh, it's called micro profile training, I think. And uh, the repository is on GitHub, so it's completely free. Yeah, microprofile training. And I use Graal dependency as the multilingual dependency, right? Mm -hmm. So this is Graal without cross-compilation. So I use Graal capabilities for Polyglot. And I loaded Mustache, I think, mm -hmm. or Handlebars to render HTML. So um, I hope I remember correctly, for Quarkus, that's also the way to build it with Graal VM. Graal, yeah. So that's a, the, yeah, so that's a I'm sorry, binary, a native image then at the end, I It's guess. binary, exactly. And Binary. Okay, and what I like or what was interesting for me, a bit also from security perspective, because we had also in the past the discussion, oh, when you build your application with a lot of dependencies, but for one dependency, you only use 10% of the code of the dependency. So that you just use this 10% of code and the rest is deleted. Mm -hmm. So that's not on the runtime. And so I thought, oh, Qualcus, I guess does exactly this with this native. Extensions it do it. Everything. What, what uh, they the do, extension. the extensions, for instance, if you use, uh, I think, uh, FlywayDB, and mm -hmm. uh, Quarkus recognizes that it only uses, let's say, Postgres, so they will deactivate or delete all others. So the mm -hmm. extensions are doing this if they are written well. Yeah. But if you just de add dependency to Quarkus, nothing will happen, right? Oh, okay. And if you're Quarkus, you don't have to run on Graal. Actually, none of my projects in yeah. production, we use uh, Quarkus on Graal. We use uh, Quarkus on stock JVMs, OpenJ9, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Azul, OpenJDK, Oracle. And mm -hmm. if you would like to cross-compile it to GraalVM, Maven clean install minus p native and you get it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have to have a look into this because as mentioned from the security perspective, with the security colleagues, I'm not a security expert here. Um, but we had sometimes the discussion how we could harden our applications. Oh, and one idea harden. was that yeah. what's what's really yeah. great in Quarkus is uh, there is no class loading at runtime. Ah, okay, yeah. This exactly uh, no reflection. Because... So from security mm -hmm. I never thought about that, but actually from security perspective it's really interesting yeah. because basically in Quarkus there is no dynamic behavior. This is yeah. why it starts so fast. So um, it mm -hmm. generates code for dependency injection. Oh, another thing, it might be interesting. You know dependency injection, that inject, right? Yeah, sure. With Quarkus, uh, you get the errors on build time because on ah, build yeah. time, it already knows how co everything connects mm -hmm. and it will generate bytecode to have the uh, injection working. On regular servers, you will get it on runtime because reflection mm -hmm. happens on runtime and Quarkus deploys, if you will, at uh, at build time. And exactly when I mentioned the sample with Jackson, I guess it was 2.9 libraries. 
because they had exactly these problems that they reloaded classes on one time and this could then be used to have an attack. Mm -hmm. And exactly when you use it then with something like Quark or if it's possible, because you can then say, okay, exactly this part is not used by my application. And when I don't build it in my binary, the security vulnerability can never be uh, attacked or used. Exactly. So you are safe, even if you have a library which you know, oh, this has this problem, but I don't use it. And I can be safe because I don't compile it and it's not in my binary. Because we have often, or not often, but sometimes then the problem, if there is some vulnerability in a library, which is hard to exploit, and there are mitigation strategies that we say, okay, when you don't use this and that, then you are safe. Then you can also use the vulnerable library. But how to make sure that a developer really take care that he doesn't enable A or B. Mm -hmm. And when, when we can do it during compile time to say, okay, A and B is not enabled. So we remove the whole code for A and B, and then we can be safe that whatever we build and run cannot be attacked. This is actually so this what the Quarkus extensions are doing. There's a yeah. build time and runtime extension, and actually, mm -hmm. you could integrate your tool, tool as an extension to Quarkus, mm -hmm. because uh, at the build time, you will get the true dependencies from all other extensions, mm -hmm. and you oh, can okay. uh, see what happens. So it will be interesting, actually, project. So thank you for your thank time, you. and uh, coming yeah, back. thanks. Awesome. And where people can find you on the internet, so... Oh, um, at best would be on Twitter. It's mm -hmm. still at one Mebo, as a one S O N E Mebo, uh, or on the GitHub. It's just Mebo. Okay, and of course the uh, SAP, uh, as it's called, I forgot rating project, not rating a specific name. Ah, yeah, sure, sure. So the Foster's Rating Core. Foster's so Rating yeah, Core, exactly. This is yeah, on exactly, GitHub. That's... One of the mm -hmm. sponsored. Uh, actually, this is the official SAP repo. Foster's yeah, Rating exactly. Core. Yeah, mm exactly. -hmm. Yeah, it's so, officially open source project by SAP, yes. Thank you, and see you next year, right? Yeah, so come you. back, yeah, so implement whatever year. I said, you know, and now then I will use <laughs> yeah. your tool to delete my dependencies, right? Okay. <laughs> okay, good, then. Thank you. Bye.